Have you ever wanted to start a podcast? Do you have a podcast that you want to make even better? Well, this is a show about making podcasts. Podcast Champion delves into the tricks and tips to producing great audio content. My guest for this week and next is Adam Stokowiak. Adam's a podcast veteran and currently hosts three shows, The Industry, Founders Talk, and The Changelog. This is part one of our call. Part two will be published next week. How much have you done so far? I noticed you got um, a podcast started and a couple of shows under your belt. Well, well, all we've done so far is we started by saying, well, let's just like record a phone call. Right. And we recorded a phone call and then we said, well, that went pretty well. Let's, let's do another phone call, but, you know, try to, you know, get a better mic and then, you know, have more of an outline. And we did that. But both times we've noticed with Skype, uh, interestingly, around the same mark, around 30 minutes, it just it starts to um, there's a lot of like dead air or kind of the audio drops in and out. I thought about GoToMeeting just because we use it at work all the time, too. And it just seems like they've figured out the uh, stability part, although I haven't recorded a, a super long phone conversation on on go to meeting yeah like right now it's not so bad but um like i've i've literally probably put three and a half hours on go to meeting today mm-hmm. just because today was one of those days where you know you're a product manager you know you end up getting in you do a lot less user experience and stuff like that than and you're more strategic and planning and researching and investigating and Sometimes that leads into you know a couple different back-to-back conversations about different topics, but and we're also a distributed team, so our means of communication mainly is through audio, right? It's, That's it's right. Through this this way here, so we spend a lot of time on GoToMeeting. So so much, in fact, that we actually have a short URL to the same room uh, that everybody knows. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, and so everyone just goes there. Yeah. It's like, hey, you want to meet? And it's not like, oh, let me get you an invite or let me create a room. The, the room's already there, ready and waiting. Yeah. And we already have a URL that goes there. So it's it's like we know where to go. We have and a special it, room at the corner of the of the building or something. That's right. And and why did you decide to go with GoToMeeting as opposed to Skype for those kinds of calls? Oh, well, Skype, when you get um, you know, as many people as we get into a conversation – Skype, it, it, it does not work. It's not made really for big group conversation like that. Like, yeah, I think Skype's uh, sweet spot or edge, I would say, is four. You know, if you hmm. get five people on on the Skype call, yeah. you're gonna have a lot of stepping on toes. Yeah, you know, and that's why you don't see a lot of, um, a lot of, well, like panel panel conversations, I guess. And mm-hmm. if you do. You notice that the the audio between each person is dramatically different. Yeah, and the trick, the trick, honestly, to good audio for your podcast is to just bite the bullet and have everybody record their own track. Oh, see, this is what this is what I wanted to get into. So, wh- why don't we start with some technical things? Because I've I have lots of technical questions that I, I'm sure you could help with. Okay. So, so when you record. Um, for example, the industry, which is usually 
three, four, five people even. Yeah. Uh, you have each host record their own track. Is that how you do it? Yeah, yeah. And everyone calls in via Skype? Yeah, we start a Skype conversation. So the way – I'll tell you the entire recipe. And it's actually something we're, we're going to do at the industry. Um, I, I guess I could tell you not to tell anybody, but because somebody might, might listen to this, they would hear it. But <laughs> we're going to do this, um, this guide to podcasting called The Industry's Guide to Podcasting. And we're going to dispel every nook and cranny known secret that we have about how to produce a good podcast. Everything from technical things down to how to promote it, how to build the right charisma on the team, you know, what to look out for. Every tip and trick we can possibly think of, we're going to find a way to put it into this book that will be iterative like any piece of software. Like it will have versions, you know, just like Jonathan Snook's um, – uh, smacks, you know, how it's constantly being updated and released. It's not, you know, a book and it's done. It's like this living piece of document. So it's going to be like that. Oh, that that would be amazing because we've looked, Kyle and I have looked all over the place and there's kind of two kinds of resources out there. There's, um, there's really old podcasting resources from kind of the first wave of podcasting. Yeah. And then there's this second wave of podcasting and there's some resources around that but so much has changed since the first wave that i i've just had a hard time finding you know anything and it seems like there's a lot of hacks that um you know people use for for example recording audio and recording calls and things like that it would be great to have a guide and we were waiting for dan benjamin said his uh he had like a his audio engineer was going to put out something. Uh, it, there was a Kickstarter project. I don't. Did that successfully fund? I, I'm not sure. So, but that was the only kind of guide that I'd heard about that that um, you know kind of seemed like it would fit what we were looking for. So, if you guys did that at the industry, that would be amazing. Are you are you going to make it a paid product? Uh, yeah, it'll be. It won't be expensive though. Um, but it'll be enough that we can you know, recoup our time and effort. Yeah. No, I think that'd be a great idea. You know, the other thing about something like that is there's, you know, hobby podcasters, uh, which is, I guess, kind of what Kyle and I are, are we would be classified in that, that uh, group. But then there's also this whole group of corporate uh, podcasters and uh, people looking to start podcasts for their companies. Yeah. And one trend I've noticed like with internally e or externally focused, uh, uh, externally focused. So for industry mail out where I'm the product manager, you know, eventually we might want to do a podcast focused on uh, email newsletters or email marketing or, you know, something to that effect. Um, and the, uh, the trend I'm seeing with, with eBooks is that, I think the actual the big market for those is with companies. So we bought Smacks, we bought Bootstrapping Design, we bought you know a whole we buy eBooks all the time uh, because it's way cheaper than sending our staff to a conference or a course or you know anything else. And uh, just kind of anecdotally, as I've looked at you know people that have done eBooks, uh, they've said that a lot of them. Uh, a lot of their sales came through kind of corporate sales, people buying them for their businesses. So I wonder if there would be a market for uh, a podcast book, both for 
the hobby folks, but also for um, the corporate folks. That's a, a, I think they're kind of like not so much the same book, but the same message to both, really. I mean, the hobby podcasters, I'm not really sure what classifies as a hobby podcaster if it means you, um, I, I guess if you're just talking about TV shows, you know, maybe that's a hobby podcaster. Mm. Or just uh, like you, you're probably talking about product management or product development and stuff like that. So, I mean, that could be kind of construed as pro. Yeah. Yeah, I I guess it depends. Well, let, let's get into the recipe. So what what's the recipe for your your technical setup for the industry? Well, the technical setup for the industry um uh, the reason it's this type of this way is because we do the show live. So we started mm. the show back in February and we had done the show like I had done every other podcast in my entire life, which was just recorded edited and then distributed right mm -hmm. um, but because we we had such fun conversations and we wanted to change things up a little bit we decided to figure out how to do things live and it's it's surprisingly uh, fairly simple there's not a lot of great resources out there for it so it's kind of hard to do only in the fact that you really have to want to do it to figure it out, I think. Yeah. And so for us, we needed a, a, a hosted shoutcast server. And you can use this application called um, – hang on a second. Let me make sure what it is. I'm starting up. Uh, so, yeah, I guess let me, let me rewind a second or two. So I'm about to tell you this app that you can use with it, which is called NiceCast. Okay. It's it's from the guys called Ro Rogue Amoeba, the same people that do Audio Hijack Pro, which is another tool I use. Okay. Yeah. Um, so NiceCast basically um, broadcasts audio to a server. You know, locally, it could be on your LAN, could be on the internet, in the cloud somewhere or whatever. But you set it up to to broadcast basically to to this Shoutcast server. Which yeah. has an IP, it, you know, and all that good stuff, and you set up the settings, you know, in inside uh, NiceCast, and you basically just broadcast audio from a computer. That could be music, you know. So you have all sorts of people using this application, not just podcasters. Yeah. Anybody who wants to basically redistribute audio to somewhere else, you know, it could be you and a buddy. You know, this is before maybe. Um, Turn turntable FM or whatever that was that lets you kind of listen to the same music everybody else is listening to. That's right, yeah, you know that kind of thing. So, anyways, you know, you, you have this Shoutcast server, and there's a number of different Shoutcast server providers out there. So, you know, shop around, figure out which one you, uh, which one makes the most sense for you. Use NiceCast to basically broadcast your your local audio, and in this case, we just rebroadcast a Skype conversation. Okay, and so. I have an extra Mac Mini that uh, that I use just for running NiceCast and running a separate install of of Skype. I have a separate user that I created for the industry to basically be the silent partner, for lack of better terms. You know, so uh, start of the show, I fire up Skype. Uh, I have everybody in my list already. So Drew and Jared are already on my favorites list or my buddy list or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the guests will tell me theirs. I go and add them as a contact, and so I have the three other people plus myself, you know, ready to go. 
So I call my uh, my industry user, which is actually on my Mac Mini. I mm -hmm. call that one first. I answer the call, make sure that computer's muted, and uh, and I hit start broadcast, and I rebroadcast the source of Skype. Huh. And then I add the three other people on the show, and boom, there, there you go. And can you tell me about what's the advantage of using the separate Mac Mini? Because that's something I've heard uh, Dan Benjamin mention in passing. But wh why, why do you guys use a separate Mac Mini for, uh, for podcasting? Well, you could probably take a chance uh, depending upon the kind of machine you have. Like I have a MacBook Pro. You probably have something similar. Most people that are geeks like us are going to have a faster computer. But I suggest, and Dan probably suggests, using a separate computer because of CPU and just bandwidth around that, that one single computer. Um, plus the fact that I don't want to have all of that stuff going on on my main machine for – Maybe Skype crashes, you know, apps do crash because of, for whatever reason. So just to prevent that and to isolate it and to just have a dedicated machine that does nothing but, you know, like I have this Mac Mini that I don't use. Um, you know, you can pick a an old, or older school Mac Mini. It doesn't even have to be a brand new one. It could just be something adequate. Yeah. And uh, you can pick one up for a couple hundred bucks, maybe – as much as four or five hundred, maybe as little as two hundred, depending upon the one when you're looking for. And that way, nice cast and Skype and anything you're doing is isolated to that machine. That's right. And so the idea is you have, you know, only a few things running on that machine and and it's just for that. So there's you know, you don't have to, you know, maybe close a bunch of things or it's just a dedicated machine for podcasting. Yeah. And you know, like if you're like me and or like anybody else out there, like I'm nine nine to five, you know, five days a week and, and even more so, you know, working hard at Pure Charity, trying to build, um, you know, a good team, a good application, change the world, do all sorts of fun stuff. Mm -hmm. So the moment my day ends at five on Thursdays, I'm like literally right done with work. I go get a, a brand new fresh glass of water, you know, maybe go to the bathroom and then, boom, I'm back on setting up the industry right at 5 o'clock my time, which is central. So I, I'm in central time zone. Yeah. And that show broadcasts at 3 p.m. Pacific, which is 5 central, and 6 p.m. Eastern, which is 5 central. So as soon as I'm done off of work on Thursdays, I'm going right into podcasting. You, so I don't have a chance to close and finish and complete everything I'm doing. I just kind of like minimize windows and go to town. That's right. And But are you saying that you – like you get things going on that Mac mini, but then you call in v via your, your own machine. Yeah. Yeah. So I call, I open up Skype on my own machine, call that user. That's, uh, that's on that separate Mac mini, which also has nice cast on that separate Mac mini. I see. And rebroadcast the shared conversation. And, th and then you're recording on your own MacBook pro or whatever. And then also right. on the Mac mini. Now, I'm not recording on the Mac Mini at all. I'm just recording my own. Um, I only record just myself. I see. And then everybody else who's on the call, like I've already uh, taught Drew and Jared on how to use Audio Hijack Pro and how to record themselves. We've already had all their audio set up a day or two in advance. I meet up with the, the guest that's coming on the industry for what I call soundcheck. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's sometimes it's – I've actually – considered um, doing another podcast around the industry 
because you have like these artifacts, you know, like if you read 37 Signals Getting Real book, it's totally a sad yeah. conversation here around that, but yeah. you know, anything you do has artifacts, and you find ways to reuse or sell those or, you know, buy products that you can get and do fun stuff with. So we have, we had conversation that happened after the show that was technically after we clicked the record button that was fun. We decided to, to release that now. It's called The Random Show because you never know if you're actually going to have one or what yeah. the conversation will be about. So we just call it The Random Show because we just had no idea what the content would be. That's right. And, and then for the sound checks that I do with the guests, like I, I don't know what that conversation is going to be like either. I haven't started to record them, but I've considered doing it because um, every everybody from Allison House to um, to – Jeff Kalmikoff, uh, and a number of others. I've just had some really good conversations during Soundcheck that they probably wouldn't mind having broadcast or, you know, done as a show. That's right. And, and you know, there might be a totally different feel on those shows too. It might be more relaxed, like, uh, this is just a sound check, no big deal. Uh, yeah. It's I, kind of like behind the scenes, you know, it's it's raw, it's real, it's like we're humans. You know, I think a lot of podcasters or people who think about podcasting think that it has to be perfect. Now, I think the one thing you should strive for is quality quality audio. You know, mm-hmm. If you have super amateur audio, you're going to have a limited audience because people are going to get sick of hearing you know, just crappy audio. And sometimes you can't really help that and your audience forgives you. Yeah. You should strive to have, for the most part, quality audio and do what you can to, to do that. But otherwise, content is content. Don't, don't feel like when you're in the editing process of your show, like you have to edit every um and cough and stuff like that out. People cough. Yeah. People bang on their desk accidentally. Now, if it's going on the whole show, it's a different story. But if I, <clears throat> like, for example, if I clear my throat, don't edit that out. That's real. Yeah. And, and just enjoy it. Let's talk about quality for a second because this is an interesting topic to me. You know, you've got guys like Benjamin that are, you know, really kind of insane about audio quality. Um, and obviously, you know, I've listened to podcasts where, it's not good at all. Like you can just tell it's terrible. They're, they're using, there's lots of interference and, but there seems to be this middle ground. So like, for example, um, Jason Kalkanis, you know, I'd say about, I don't know, maybe 10, 15% of his shows, he's broadcasting remotely. And it sounds like he's just using like not a very good mic. So sometimes he's in studio and he's, everything's great. But then, you know, every once in a while he'll have a show where he's, somewhere else and um the audio is okay but you can tell there's more echo than normal and and i wonder if people really do care uh as much as we think they do so obviously you don't want to hear a bunch of distortion or you know sometimes um andrew werner has these problems on on mixergy he'll get a guest where the the guest's audio is not really great but uh you know with jason and andrew those are both guys with big audiences and uh, they, you know, they seem to have a lot of listeners that come back week after week. So, how important do you think audio is? Is there a, a middle ground, or do you think you should always kind of strive for pristine, pro-level audio? No, I don't think you should strive for. I mean, I think you should have standards. You know, uh, no different than, you know, would you put up a 1992 website of your business, or would you put, you know, something that's more current? You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it has to be pixel perfect. But it shouldn't disgrace you, you know. Mm-hmm. That's. I think don't 
produce something that has annoying crap in it unless it's like the best piece of content ever. Yeah. Like we um this other show I've done in, in the past and is still going on, it's called the Change Log. We me and Wynn, my co pilot now, we happen to be at South by Southwest and the the guys from InfoChimps were doing this thing called Big Data, uh, this big data smackdown and uh, long story short, it was Cassandra, it was uh, it was Redis, it was a couple other people there, and and Win was championing championing the uh, the Mongo HQ or the the Mongo DB uh, crowd. So there was a couple different people kind of like headlining for the the database types. They were just talking about how you know one scales and one doesn't. Yeah. So I mean, it was a, a an unusual opportunity to have people there that represented. The, the actual open source software, like these big data things. And uh, Warren, uh, I think his name is Warren Virgil, Virgil, one of the two from Amazon that was representing like their EC2 cloud stuff, right? So, I mean, you had these people that were never together. And when they were, it was a rare occurrence together. And we happened to record it with a flip camera. Yeah, and so we took that audio from the flip camera. And it wasn't the best. You could hear the wind. You could hear birds chirping in the background. You could hear go- cars going by. I'm sure, there may have been a couple of annoying things in there, but like the content was so good, you're not going to pass it up. That's right. So, you know, you just strive to produce quality content, and if that means, you know, nitpicking over a couple audio pieces, do whatever you think your audience would enjoy. Always strive to, you know. Produce something that's enjoyable by your audience, and that that may be a variable based on who you are and what you're doing it for. That's right. Hey, how much time do I have with you, Adam? I don't know. How much time you want? Uh, okay, I'm just wondering if uh, I don't want to go too long. We've been talking about for about 30 minutes, and I uh, I don't want to okay. leave I don't want to leave the technical part too soon. But I, I definitely uh, before our our conversation is done, I'd love to get your story and uh, how you got into podcasting and all that. But why don't we finish the kind of your technical kind of technical run through. So we've talked about Skype and recording your own stream. We've talked about um, how you broadcast live. Is there anything else in your, you know, kind of your setup that you think would be good for someone who's just getting started to know? Uh, Well, just getting started, I would say – Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. I think it kind of depends on how much money you might even want to invest. I don't think you have to invest a ton of money, but having been down the road of trying out three or four different mics until I've gotten to the one I'm at, hmm. I would say now looking back, I started out with I think a Blue Snowball way back in the day, and that was okay. Mm-hmm. But you know, personally, over time. I would hear others like you mentioned Dan Benjamin. Yeah. Um, and you and you just have such a really good audio. And because I desired that as a podcaster, I wanted to strive to get there. So if that's if a if a blue snowball works for you and that audio is okay, then go out and buy a blue snowball. Mm-hmm. But if you're somebody who wants to strive for a little bit better audio for even just yourself, not so much your guests, for yourself. Yeah. Because um, I use my mic not just for podcasting, but I also use it like I s- said earlier. Constantly, like those three hours I was in meetings today with Pure Charity and other people there, like I didn't switch mics. I use the same Rode Podcaster because that's what's connected to my computer. 
That's so it right. Becomes, it becomes my equipment, not just my podcasting equipment. That's so right. It depends on how you end up using the stuff you buy. So I'd say invest in the microphone that, one, you can afford and produces the kind of sound that you want. And test them out if you can, if you have the, the financial ability to. And ask around others who record audio, hey, what mic do you use? How did you like it? I can personally say that the Rode Podcaster is by far the most inexpensive, best quality, USB-based podcast mic that I've ever used that is just phenomenal. So yeah, I'm using it right now, I love it. Yeah, and I've been hearing a few other folks saying that as well. I, I just bought a blue uh, Yeti, and I realized after – and then I think it was a week later I heard Benjamin on uh, another podcast, some guy based out of the UK, and he recommended the road. And I looked it up and I said, oh, I could have got that for another, I don't know, 50, 80 bucks. I yeah. should have just done that. <laughs> it, you know, in the Blue Yeti, um, I personally – I've had some good experiences with it and I've had some really bad experiences with it. And that one there picks up a lot of bass and a lot of – and a lot of desk bumps. Hmm. I'm not an audio guru or a technical engineer around audio, so I have my own terms. I call it desk bumping, right? <laughs> you bump the desk, you kind of hear it. Yeah. That's what I call it. Yeah. And what, what about hosting? Hosting is, I think, if there's friction in the podcasting prod, uh, process, hosting is one of them. And, and I'm wondering what you guys do and what you'd recommend. And uh, maybe there's two angles for this, like, if you were just going to go with like a service that does it all, like you know some sort of hosted provider, who would you go with? And if you were going to host off like WordPress, how would you set that up? Would you set it up? You know, would you put all your files on uh, you know some Amazon instance, or or how would you do that? So two approaches. Yeah, if you just went it with a have com- to be that. Um... Go ahead with your last part. Sorry, I talked over you a little bit. No, that's fine. I, I just wanted to know of so. If there, there's two kind of approaches to getting started, you could go with a self-service uh, provider, like they just do everything for you, or you could kind of do it yourself on WordPress. So if you're going to go with a, a host that does it all, who would you recommend? And if you're going to do it on WordPress, what would you recommend? Well, we uh, at the industry, we use WordPress, and the changelog, I'm actually in the middle of a uh, rebuild of that, uh, that site, that blog, and we're going to move to WordPress. So we've been using Tumblr for years now, and I've always hated it. And so I'm moving it to WordPress and a lot of fun stuff there. Um, I don't think that there is a perfect solution out there for podcasters and hosting audio because I think what happens is when you build out that kind of service, the next thing you think about is, oh, I should probably provide something for video too. I don't think that video and audio podcasts are one and the same. They have, hmm. they're, in my opinion, they're completely two different animals. Yeah, I haven't done any, not much video stuff for the reason that I don't think that I'm a video kind of person. Not because I don't want to be on video, but because video, you watch it. You know, it's a different, it's a different medium. It's mm-hmm. okay to do a video show and like extract the audio and provide it as a, as a byproduct. Yeah. But I don't think that like, it's just as easy to do um, a show and do video if the video is entertaining like if you're just sitting there looking at the camera that's not fun yeah you know it, what's the point yeah and but, it provides so much weight too like video is heavy it's very you know it's gigs and gigs versus you know smaller files like audio mhm um so there's no real good perfect solution i think out there for 
podcast hosting uh, of the options out there there's um one I've used for a number of years called Buzzsprout and I'd I'd recommend them as a good starter it'll certainly get you off the off the ground mm-hmm. they provide uh, you know I've never had any issues with the service the thing that bugs me the most about them um, I actually know the guys that that run that service. The thing that bugs me the most is that they're just they're family guys. They're not software. They're software entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. But they're not trying to like progress the service and be at the bleeding edge and solve every problem. They're, like they built it a number of years ago, and it's pretty much stayed stagnant. Uh, yeah. for a number of years. Like it works. It does its job. It doesn't break, and it's never gone down. So they provide the service, but they're not progressively like adding to it and making it better and adding new features and they're not immersed in the community. I think they just, at least I don't see them out there. That's right. Um, so, you know, it's an okay service. It's affordable. Um, you asked about Amazon or serving it from like S3 or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't care about podcasting stats, all a podcast is uh, to, to the untrained eye really is a, a list of audio files that have some attributes to it and has an RSS feed. Like that's really all a podcast is. So whatever, uh, I mean, it's just audio. Yeah. It could be, could be right from the radio. All it is is just like a blog. Like it is a, a post. It's an audio track instead. And it's got some title information and all the other stuff. So, I mean, you can totally host it from WordPress if you wanted to, but the thing is you want to make sure you can provide a audio particular, isolated RSS feed of the audio or, you know, of your, of your podcast episodes mm-hmm. and give that to iTunes. And I mean, you'd want to have low volatility in that RSS feed too. Like you wouldn't want the URL to be changing all the time. Cause once somebody subscribes, they're going to keep going back to that feed to yeah. get that audio. Right. Yeah. And, so. and do you manage that in WordPress with a plugin? Like there's that blueberry podcast plugin and some other ones. Do you use a, a uh, plugin for that, or do you just uh, isolate it? Personally, the way I think, uh, the way I look at it is, is um, right now current setup is using Buzzsprout. They have uh, a feed that comes out of that. You plug that into iTunes and you point to that from your own site. Normally, I'd have said you consume that with FeedBurner and then reuse that, but we both know where that went. Yeah. So I, I don't know if they plan to revive that service. So in the past, I would say FeedBurner because that URL hasn't changed. I've had a FeedBurner URL for fees that haven't changed in five or six years. So, I mean, it's not going to change. The point of that feed uh, URL is that it doesn't change. Yeah. And that's for iTunes purposes. So, like, once you get yourself established in iTunes and submit your, your feed to it and, you know, add your podcast there, you don't want that URL to change because iTunes won't know where to find your stuff. Well, that ends part one of my discussion with Adam Stokowiak. Come back next week for part two. In the meantime, you can find us online at podcastchampion.strongcaster.com. Thanks for listening.